What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the New Wave Podcast. On today's episode, we feature two special guests, Kara and Karina. And they're here today to discuss how they started an e-commerce store selling vintage clothing. So make sure to stay tuned, listen up, and get ready to dive in the pool, baby. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the New Wave Podcast. As always, I'm here with one of my co-hosts, usually only one of them, not the other one. Today, we have Anglis Pratis with us. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. And we also have some more special guests in the building. We have Kara and Karina. Ladies, how are we doing today? Good. How are you guys? Doing quite well. A little early for us, but that's all right. <laughs> early bird gets the worm. Um, so thank you so much, guys, for coming out today. We're very excited to have you. And obviously, the reason you guys are here is because you guys are a couple of young entrepreneurs. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is right. So let's start off with kind of what do you guys think entrepreneurship means today? What does that word mean to you guys? Um, I would say it's starting something that you're passionate about. It can be big or small, but something that you put work and effort into and are hoping to grow. I think that's what I would say. Yeah, I'd say the same <laughs> And um, with entrepreneurship, that's something different, right? So what do you think is so exciting about starting your own thing? It's just following your own passion or? I would say that what I've found exciting about it is there aren't any like rules as to what you can do. So because mm-hmm. it's us doing our own thing and starting it, no one's saying like, oh, you can't do this or like that might be too like out of the box. It's just us executing ideas that we find cool and fun and that's what I like about it and I think also just like sharing your passion with other people and kind of in a way it is like a passion project like something me and Kara are both like pretty passionate about so it's exciting to be able to like share that with other people no for sure for sure do you want to give us a a bit of an introduction about what you guys are doing and tell the audience what's going on. Tell us about yourselves first, and then we'll go on to the business. Okay, sure. So um, I'm Karina. I'm in fourth year studying biology. Um, so do you want to introduce yourself and then we can... Oh, yeah, sure. I'm Kara. I'm in fourth year studying commerce. Oh, and just as a background, me and Karina met in first year when we were on West Campus together. Oh, West, West Campus. Campus. <laughs> West yeah. the, the West is the best. Yeah, West we actually talked before school started, before we even met each other, because we saw we were both on West. Like in the Facebook group? Like, oh, this sucks. So, Luigi's Vapors is like a, uh, an online vintage company that we started last fall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we. So um, what does that mean? What are you guys doing as an online vintage company? You're just buying clothes from someplace, thrift places, and then selling them online. Yeah. So um, Karina and I go secondhand shopping. We find clothing that we both love, and we take that clothing, we um, shoot it on models in photo shoots that we do, and then we put all of that stuff online, and um, we have our Instagram account, we have our website. And then we pretty much sell and promote through those two platforms. 
Mm -hmm. Awesome. So you guys said you've known each other since first year, but you started the company last fall. So how? Tell us about how you started the company. Like what went on before starting it? Like what? Where'd the idea come from? You talked to us about a bit about that. Yeah, yeah I want to hear the day one of you guys thought like, hey, we can <laughs> make some money like, here. Distinctly remember. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, well, I've always liked vintage shopping. So like in high school, that was an activity that my friends and I would do. Like we'd go to Value Village or Salvation Army and just like spend hours like going through the racks and stuff. So it's always been something I've liked. And then I don't know, one day I was just thinking about it and I realized like there were no other stores online where I could find vintage clothing that wasn't insanely expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so I did like a lot of looking online just to make sure because I was like, is there really like nothing that sells like somewhat affordable vintage clothing? Um, so did more research. I kind of figured out that like it would be something that people wanted because people would often like compliment something I was wearing and just like say where is it from and then I'd say oh like, you know Value Village and then they're like whoa I wish I could find like stuff like that too. So uh, one summer, two summers ago Karina and I were working downtown in Toronto so we met up for lunch one day and then I brought up the idea to her. She texted me saying I have a business proposition for you. <laughs> So we met up and talked over everything, and then I think Karina was pretty much on board right away because she also loves vintage shopping. Yeah. Um, like I think first year, I think that was one of the things we like especially bonded over was that we both like really loved fashion, really loved vintage shopping. Yeah, for sure. Um, and because we like were like super close friends already, we knew that we would get along and stuff. So we spent the next few months of the summer just kind of planning out what we wanted things to look like, what we wanted the brand to be like, um, how we were gonna price things, like stuff like that. And then in September, we kind of hit the ground running and got started. So, I mean, this is nothing new. I think I was trying to figure out what's the difference between you guys doing, cause like it seems like a lot of people buy vintage stuff and then like they'll only sell it on their Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. So how would you guys say you're different? You said like, Usually you find stuff online that's pretty pricey. Um, you guys are selling it at a cheaper price. Is that what's different? Like, I would say what's different is like the actual clothing mm -hmm. and also like the website experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's like lots of, like you said, like Instagram stores that sell vintage clothing, mm -hmm. which I think is a really cool and unique experience, but it's just different than a website experience. Mm -hmm. So the clothing itself is different because it's one of a kind, so ultimately every web, like website or Instagram store will have a different style, mm -hmm. but also just like the website experience I think is different. And like from day one, we've always wanted kind of our shoots to show the clothes like in a kind of everyday situation, like on somebody, like, like um, we wanted it to like really feel like you could see it on yourself rather than just like a photo of the shirt like on the wall, which is what a lot of kind of right. these companies do, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. You guys take an ins some inspiration from, um, I don't remember the, is it Girl Boss or is that the show on Netflix? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was her name? I don't even or her know. store name? Was the oh, I don't oh, remember if the yeah, show. Nasty girl, yeah. yeah, so did you guys take some influence from her? Because I watched her <laughs> show. That girl <clears throat> was a real boss, like, yeah. <laughs> bit of a nut job, but she kind of did the same thing. She started buying vintage stuff and just realized she could flip it online. Um, so no inspiration from her, just kind of... We actually started watching that, like, after we had started Lazy Sweepers, and mm -hmm. hated it. <laughs> like, we were both really, um, like, 
we just thought the show was, I don't know, kind of downplayed her like entrepreneurial part and really upplayed like her boyfriend and her, all of those kind of other um, parts of the show that made it kind of like, I don't know. A little dramatic. A little yeah. dramatic, yeah. We definitely liked her story. Like, yeah. We found it inspiring. Um, but yeah, I think just like the show itself wasn't our favorite show, no. but it, like a really cool story for sure. So you guys spent the summer planning. You guys launched the website. How'd you guys build the website? Uh, we use Shopify. Shopify. Um, so yeah, we went through a couple kind of versions before we landed on like what we wanted. But Shopify's platform kind of gives you like you don't have to code at all. It's kind of like a really easy interface to use. So um, yeah, we use Shopify. And when you launched that site, did you guys already have? So you bought some inventory. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much you spent, roughly? Um, it's hard to say because we've always had like a pretty big. Um, like inventory in store, like we make sure we have a lot of stuff like in our backlog. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to say like how much we spent on our initial clothing, but given the nature of it, like secondhand shopping, it wasn't this like massive investment that kind of like set us off for like the next year or so. It's kind of like a smaller-ish investment. So what are you guys looking for when you're looking for clothes? Like, are you picking stuff that <coughs> you personally would enjoy? Like you might think you guys you guys are obviously very fashionable <laughs> girls, so you must think, if I like this, everyone else will like it. Do you have to buy multiple sizes, or are you just keeping, like, I like this, so I think someone else will. I'm going to put it online and see if it sells. Yeah, I think a big part of it is that, like, we really do try to both find things that, like, both of us are really, like, in love with. Um, and if it's not something that, like, one person likes or the other person likes, then we have to make sure that, like, we're willing to buy it back if it doesn't sell. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it, I would say it's mostly our style, but we also do look for things that we know other people might like that maybe isn't our style. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of sizing, we do try and find like a kind of broad range. Yeah. Um, and it's also, I think the way we've shopped has kind of evolved because at the beginning, when we shop together, you don't want to like hurt the person's feelings. So if they pick something that you don't like, you're yeah. like, oh, like not, not my favorite, but like maybe, yeah. but at this point, like, I know her style, she knows mine, yeah. so even if there's something I'm like, I know you're not going to like this, but I think that we should get this, so yeah. I've kind of figured that part out. And do you need, like, knowledge of, because vintage clothing, all I can think about is, like, old clothing, but are you looking for brand names then and knowing, like, I don't know if I found, like, a sweet Gucci old sweater that I know this is going to sell, like... I think the girl boss did that. Like she would yeah. buy like kind of brand names that she knew are being undervalued at the store, right? And then reselling them. Or are you just we pretty don't much necessarily do like designer stuff. We we do look for some brand names. Like and Tommy's a big popular one that always mm -hmm. kind of sells when we buy it. But um, we don't really tend to look for like brand name, but more like kind of the item of clothing and is it good quality? Is it like something that looks like you could buy it today um, at a store for like a regular price? Um, but am I missing? No, I think that's yeah. like it. Often, I think <coughs> we'll find items that we don't even know, like the brand name. It's like mm -hmm. some random name we've never heard of. But mm -hmm. if it's a really cute top yeah. or like, I don't know. You got to get a really cute top. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> so then how do you value that when you buy a shirt and then you have to put it on sale for the website? That, I think, was like a learning process for us. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, it was a matter of, um, you could, I guess, call them like focus groups. So we just did a lot of talking to people to understand um, what they would value a nice vintage item at and like also being able to look online and like go through a website that's like carefully curated and stuff. So 
I think we got an understanding of what that means to people and what people are willing to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just took that understanding and then apply that to each item because every item is different, obviously. So mm -hmm. it's like an item by item basis kind of thing. And how'd you guys get that first sale? When you launched um, the website, was it someone, one of your friends that bought something or like a random person bought it? I don't even remember. It probably was one of our friends, I think. Yeah, I, I think we've been really lucky with like friends yeah, being super supportive mm -hmm. of us and helping us get off the ground. So mm -hmm. when that kind of shifted from people we knew to like people we didn't know, like buying our stuff, that was really exciting. Mm -hmm. Cause like it shows that people aren't just being nice and trying to support <laughs> you, but like people actually like what you're doing. Yeah. Right. And what do you, where do you think that shift happened and why it happened? Like how did you kind of branch out from just your friends? Cause right now with this podcast, it's very queen centered. And we find that our population of people listening is only Queens people. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see how you guys kind of went from your close friends, parents, aunts, uncles, all that, <laughs> yeah. to people you don't know buying your stuff. I think for a long time we were, and um, we still are pretty much Queens-centered, but and we're still trying to kind of break out of that Queens uh, group. But um, I think a big part of it was just like our kind of network, sharing it with their network and kind mm -hmm. of getting it beyond just people we directly knew, so like sharing our, our story, like our uh, drops on their story or on Facebook, um, and then kind of having like friends of friends buying it, and then friends of friends of friends buying it, and kind of, we could see like kind of where our, our um, purchases were coming from, and who kind of had sent them that way to us to um, buy it, yeah, so. Also, oh, <laughs> um, I think a big part of it too, it's like goes off of what she's saying, but with Instagram, that's kind of a platform that enables that to happen. So mm -hmm. someone shares it on their story and then suddenly we have like four new Instagram followers. And then, uh -huh. so our next drop, those are people who are on our website when it's 8 PM and the stuff goes up who want to buy something. So mm -hmm. it's just like definitely a network effect. That's also like further enabled by Instagram. Would you say the word of mouth slash network effect has led to the most growth or have you guys actually paid for advertising? We have paid for advertising. Um, I think the network is probably more successful for us. Yeah. Although it, like advertising has worked, but just in terms of like people who are following us and then also purchasing from us have been mostly network. Um, I think also because we're such a small company, like if we had like uh, like 5k followers on Instagram maybe that it, advertising might work because it might seem mm -hmm. but because we only have you know whatever under 2,000 um, it's a lot more like oh well a friend of mine bought from them so I know that they'll be legit um, yeah. what platforms did you advertise on Instagram only Instagram only yeah mm -hmm. and so you said you drop stuff at like 8 p.m. every week it's every two weeks normally we try to aim for it <laughs> every two weeks all right and then when you're promoting that are you just posting like a bunch of pictures of the clothes you bought or i guess you guys said you did the shoots with more with it's on people right yeah mm -hmm. you yeah. make those posts for your advertising and then like the stories and all that yeah exactly mm -hmm. we try to yeah do the shoot like a week in advance and then kind of have like content to post mm -hmm. in that coming week up until our drop and then yeah yeah and with the bi-weekly drops what we found is once you have that schedule going, then people kind of expect that you're going to drop it mm -hmm. at that time. So it's obviously helpful to advertise, but people are also not like surprised that you're dropping at that time. Right, that consistency. Like if, when do you post on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. So every second Sunday people are tuning in. Yeah, um, exactly. 
Yeah, that might be helpful for us if we have a consistent <laughs> schedule. Um, I definitely know with like podcasts and certain things I follow, like they're going to post every time at this day. So I know to tune in at that time. So that's something we should consider. Um, so what are we? We are six minutes, six months. Six <laughs> months into the business, roughly? No, a year and a half. Oh, that's right. Last year. Yeah, last. Last. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking like <laughs> six months ago last fall. So shit. After a year and a bit in the business, where do you guys sit with it right now? Um, I think we're pretty happy where we are right now. Mm-hmm. It's been like a huge learning process and we've made so many different changes along the way. I think for the better and we've grown a lot too. So I think at this point we're just trying to do things that continue that growth, make our products better, make our customers happier um, and just kind of continue on that path. Yeah. For sure. What are those things you're doing to help grow, though, that you've noticed significant growth from one point in time to another? I think probably a few things. Um, the first thing, I think, is increasing the size of the drops. So mm-hmm. um, it's like it's a lot of like work when you put the stuff up on the website. So I think it's like a learning process of how to get more up more frequently because it's a lot of work to like also ship everything. Um, so we've been able to increase that amount, I think, over the past like six months, which, mm-hmm. which has been super helpful for us. Um, but also, like figuring out different ways that we can um, give value to customers. So I mean, like right now we're in the process of making merch, so that's like an exciting thing that we're doing. Um, like revamping like websites, like just making small changes, so stuff like that. I think. So is merch then your own private? clothing label then at that point <laughs> i guess like, you could say that yeah yeah I, guess it would be. I mean at this point it's like i well yeah i guess that's what you could call it <laughs> so that's the next step in the business is that kind of what you guys are working on right now we kind of piloted um a tote bag last semester um actually we have them here <laughs> you can't see it on the podcast but <laughs> um uh eric actually in fourth year of commerce helped design the um like the graphic for it um, and they were pretty popular. We ordered about like 50 and, and we've sold out of them. So we're hoping now to do another tote bag and a sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, you guys ordered 50 and sold out? Yeah. Wow, congrats. Thanks. How was, what was that process like? So you guys had to find a manufacturer, Yeah. all that jazz. Um, it, it wasn't too hard actually. Um, Eric was like super helpful in the process because he also had um, made merchandise of his own before. Mm-hmm. So he kind of helped us with how to do that, like what the best website was to use. Um, and obviously he designed it for us too. And then we kind of just didn't know how it was going to be received because it's like very different from what we do in like the vintage world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think people were just excited to have like a little loser sweeper or something. Um, Can you show me the bag? I don't know what a yeah. tote bag is. I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> Oh, nice. Though. We can give you guys um, our next toast. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sure. We'd love nice. that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it, we just were unsure of how it would be received, but then um, we kind of just marketed it in the same way that we do our vintage clothing, and it, yeah, it was pretty well received. Yeah. That must have fired you guys up, no? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. if I made something <laughs> and people are so buying dope. it, that must Come feel on. so good. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. <clears throat> yeah, it was also interesting because... For vintage clothing when you buy it it's like so much work to get that one item mm-hmm. so it's like hours of like looking through clothing racks to find like that one piece that you're gonna sell but this was you like we get the design and then you 
buy the 50 bags and then you just like sell those. So it was like yeah. much easier process for yeah. us. Were you guys a little scared buying like 50 of those bags? Were they very costly? Like, I mean, I think given that they're like canvas tote bags, they're not like super costly. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're making that upfront investment, like of buying 50 bags, you have that worry like, oh, what if no one wants these? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, we did run the idea by like lots of people that we know and gauged like interest so yeah. i think we Your had an idea focus groups yeah exactly <laughs> we did know like most of our friends would want to get them and kind of we had that as like a like a confidence booster but um definitely yeah we weren't sure how it would be received but yeah because you don't know if people are just being nice when they're like oh yeah it's yeah. so bad yeah which exactly. comes to shove are they gonna make the purchase you know? yeah exactly Oh no, I've tried, I'm trying to sell hoodies right now with just Elon Musk on the back of the sweater and like Sweet. people are like, oh, this is dope. I'm like, yeah, are you interested? And they're like, how much? And I tell them, I'm like, yeah. 40 bucks and I'm losing money on it. I just want people to wear something that's mine. They're like, ah, you know, never mind. I'm yeah. like, come on, man. So you found the manufacturer. How was like, how fast was the turnaround time from like making it to actually getting the inventory? Um, we probably spent a few weeks, like, working on the graphic, like, back and forth with Eric, and then, um, we placed the order, and they came probably three weeks, maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, two or three weeks. Put them up. And how fast did you sell out? Oh, it was, like, a month or two, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, like, <laughs> our jobs normally <laughs> sell pretty quickly, but this definitely took a lot longer, but... Yeah, which I think part of it is... Like, it goes off of that word of mouth thing we we're talking about. So when someone's wearing their bag on mm -hmm. campus, someone's like, oh, where'd you get your bag? Yeah. Like, that's so cute. And then someone learns about it, goes online, buys it, and then it's just like that sort of cycle. I think also with the vintage, it's like, w like we only have one of that item on our website. So there's like kind of like sense of urgency to buy it right away. Whereas this right. is like completely different. Like we had 50 in stock and it's set on the website, like 35 left or whatever. So um, mm -hmm. there's definitely not that same like rush to buy it that we normally get. So when people buy it, what does that look like? They purchase goes through, money goes into your bank account. Now you have to pack it and ship it to possibly some random person. Yeah, so if it's um, someone in Kingston, we do the deliveries by hand. Nice. So um, we offer free delivery like within Kingston. And then outside of Kingston, um, Shopify charges them like an automatic shipping fee. Um, so yeah, we package it up. Like we can print the shipping label through Shopify and then stick it on the bag and bring it to shoppers. And then we put a little Loser's Weeper sticker in there just so that yeah. people can like stick something on their laptop too. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so what do you guys think you have? Are you guys aspiring to keep this going for a while? Like, do you have big dreams for this company? Are you guys finishing school and jumping into this full time or just gonna keep it on the side always? Um. Would you like to keep, <laughs> if you could, and you had the potential to, let's say you guys blow up in the next two months, would you guys consider just working on this full time? I think, I think we would want to, we want to continue Losers Weepers for sure, but I think like given the fact that we're both graduating and then working, it's kind of like we don't really know whether it's feasible or not. Mm -hmm. It's like definitely something we want to do, but we also know that like when we do it, we want to do it really well. So if we don't have enough time to like give it that attention, then we don't want to, you know, like make it um, 
worse than it is. So we, it, like if we have that time um, <coughs> to give it our all, we would definitely want to continue, but we just don't totally know yet. Yeah, future is very um, <laughs> not clear at the moment, but we're both going to be moving to Montreal after graduation, so we will be like in the same city, so potentially we're going to see like how, how things go. That's awesome. How many hours a week would you say you spend on this? Um, depends like if it's a week if it's the week before our job like probably more so um, yeah because we have to do the shoots and yeah. those normally take like maybe an hour or two and then editing the photos and like writing the descriptions for the products figuring yeah. out pricing um, I mean it's hard to think of like an actual amount of hours yeah but also there's also just like daily stuff that we have to do mm -hmm. so we're like constantly like I think even if we don't have a job going on like during the day we'd probably be doing like an hour or two amount mm -hmm. of work because like we have to do Instagram stuff plus like orders are coming through so you have to deal with that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah it's kind of like just little bits here and there throughout our like day and our week so it's hard to like add up I don't know. Yeah but a, a good chunk of A good time. chunk yeah. <laughs> awesome. Do you got any other questions? Um well I could talk to them all day. Um <laughs> what would you so you said a lot of guests on the show come on, they kind of start businesses and they say, the coolest thing about entrepreneurship is how much you learn and how quick you learn. Do you guys have one big lesson you could give the audience that you think you took really from starting your own business? Starting an online business, which is cool too, like you're selling the people outside of Queens, like what do you think is the biggest lesson you got here? I think maybe like we kind of mentioned this earlier, but <coughs> Um, the power of like just using your network and using their network um, like I think kind of that was such a huge part of our growth and kind of our evolution as like a company and so yeah like that was just something that we hadn't even really thought about doing and until our friends just shared it without even us asking it and then like they're kind of the followers that we got from them and kind of from their friends um, that was such a huge part for our growth so I think like for sure that was surprising to me but Mm -hmm. definitely a huge learning part yeah um something that popped into my head this isn't a nike plug but i would say just like <laughs> just do it so if you have an idea or you have something you want to do like just yeah just do just it do so it. like just if you it. really believe in it and you have that gut feeling like this is something i'm passionate about and i like want to give my all to it then you can do it so just do it <laughs> and so I know I asked you if you guys would keep this going, but if you found a couple hours to put in the business, would it be worth it doing if you're working a full-time job as well as just like a little extra side income? And then, I don't know, like you never know, maybe it keeps growing and growing to the point that it gets bigger. Like if you were running it right now and had a full-time job, would it be worth your time with the money you guys are making? I think it would, it would be worth it. Or the fun you guys are having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for both of those reasons, it would be worth it. Um, I think it's more the time aspect because, um, like I said, like with vintage clothing, it's like you have to look so, you have to spend so much time looking for that one item. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can grow, we can grow just us two by like spending more time finding more items if we're like limited with the time we can mm -hmm. spend on it. So... I mean, to, I guess to answer your question, it would be worth it, but, like, I don't know how much more we could grow it if we didn't have more time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But Montreal, bigger city, 
Do they like fashion there? Oh, I feel yeah. I don't know why. Like <laughs> it sounds French, like yeah, Montreal. Uh, <laughs> it's French. I feel like they might like fashion out there, vintage fashion. Like, you think there's there could be a bigger inventory? Because you guys are what just out of Kingston right now? Like the stuff you're buying? Yeah, kind of. Uh, sometimes we do like trips to Toronto and do some shopping there, but mostly Kingston at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think yes, Montreal. There's a lot more interest. I think in in shopping vintage, but I think with that comes. Like a lot more competition and a lot more people who have the time to go thrifting themselves, um, which was a big thing for us. Like a big um, reason why I think we were so successful here is that like everybody's in school, nobody has time to go thrifting and and to like look, spend all those hours looking through the racks. So, like, um, so us offering kind of curated items was like an easy thing for people to just buy and find them. Um, whereas in Montreal, I think we'd be kind of we'd have to adjust a lot to kind of that consumer base. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Nice. Um, that's pretty much all the questions I have, but you guys actually mentioned that you did do paid advertising. I just want to jump back again. You Did you do Facebook ads? No, just Instagram. Just Instagram ads. And how was that? Successful, not successful, confusing? Um, I think it was pretty simple for us to do. It was intimidating because... I think it was like a big step to actually pay like for people to yeah. see your stuff. But um, uh, what Instagram let us do was like they curate an audience that you can target. So you end up reaching people that actually like your stuff. So we're able to see who who follows us from that advertised post mm-hmm. or who saved our post. And um, when it's an item that we kind of love and we know a lot of people like, then we get really good um reactions to that and like a pretty good follow back rate Mm -hmm. for our advertisement do you have uh any idea of numbers we like to be very transparent out here so like you guys put 50 bucks in advertising you got less like less i think we've done 20 tops yeah um one yeah i don't know uh, if we have like any um, numbers like of followers that we got from it but, right but it um, shows you stuff like who clicked this post yeah exactly. who followed you from this mm-hmm. post yeah and those numbers are pretty good or yeah. encouraging yeah, yeah totally mm-hmm. i think it also depends a lot on the posts that you do like promote because we found like when we first we did some targeted or some sponsored um posts in our first like six months or something and they weren't as successful as now when we do it mm-hmm. but i think just because our like photography and kind of our photos have gotten a lot more professional and a lot more um also the items have gotten a lot more interesting so i think a lot of it does like depend on kind of the photo that you promote also how many likes it has before you promote it i think oh, yeah, a big difference yeah. um so yeah so out of curiosity do you think that's what it takes to kind of start reaching that next level where like more people are finding you like with that i'm just like i don't know the answer you, you guys might not the, not know the answer but you ran the ad you saw some success do you think that's what it would take to grow your population much bigger or it's going to be more word of mouth if you were i think something we haven't looked into but i know we both are interested in doing is kind of looking at like the power of influencers and and kind of sending out your products to influencers who then share it with their uh like following mm-hmm. um it's been something that we've been talking about for a really long time just haven't gotten around to doing but i think that would be kind of like an even better way of spending kind of our money or spending um or giving away our kind of inventory. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like Instagram is definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that if we really wanted to grow 
um, if we continued it after school too, that that would be a big part of it. And maybe we'd invest even more of our money into that. But I think it's, it is just part of it. So it's like, like one element of growth that would help. Mm. But influencer marketers, marketers, influencers. <laughs> influencers on Instagram, um, you haven't discussed that that much, no? But you just thought about it? Like, who would you send that to? It's kind of tricky with vintage clothing because there's only one of that item. So yeah. if you send it to that person, it's kind of a huge investment because that's something that you can't sell anymore. <laughs> yeah, you are. can't ask yeah. for that back. That's can, a little yeah. awkward. Like, and they can share hey, it. Hey, people are interested. Can we actually <laughs> right, have exactly. that pack? Exactly. People can't, like, even if they share it with their following, people can't buy that exact item. So it's it's more like they'd be sharing and be like, I got it from this vintage company mm. who also has other good stuff. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been something where we've kind of been discussing but can't figure out logistically just yet how it would work. Yeah. Um, we've talked we about know, it. yeah, it's such a huge way of growing right now on Instagram is yeah. influencers. That could be a play when the merch comes out though. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, like, that's what we've kind of discussed. We could be holding the bag, wearing the shirt. Like, you can't buy the shirt, but the bag's but available. The bag's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think you would have to reach out for that? Though, like influencer guys yeah um i think just like there's a lot of fashion bloggers and those mm -hmm. kind of things um especially like toronto montreal the cities um they have a lot of kind of people who who have a following who follow that influencer because of their style and because of the clothes that they wear so um i think definitely looking at like those kind of people would be good for us. Yeah, and it doesn't mean like having to send it to someone who has like two million followers. Mm -hmm. It can be someone with even like 20,000 followers. Like even something like that could have a, a huge effect, so. Mm -hmm. No, for sure, just the number of impressions you'd be getting. Yeah. Um, I remember the question, guys. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about, do you have to get involved, do you think, in the fashion community? Like start working with these, bloggers and these influencers and reaching out to them and saying like hey check out my store and then you think that's part of it do you know what i'm saying or yeah. not because i feel like if we want to grow our website like we have to start reaching out to other people and like i heard like being active in reddit so, like communities mm. like you could have like a vintage flipping reddit subreddit mm. and then you kind of talk in there and promote your business i feel like that's kind of how you expand your online presence yeah, I think that that's definitely part of it. So like knowing people would help because those people would want to support you and promote you like without you sending something. Yeah. But I think like for us, because we're students and don't know that many people in the fashion industry, um, it would look like us sending something, that person liking it enough to share it with their network, even if they don't know us directly, mm -hmm. um, because they find value in sharing stuff they like with their like uh, followers. And then that would kind of be what the relationship would be like. All right. you got it. Thank you so much for coming out today, ladies. I had a great time discussing your business with you guys. Um, we like to give our guests the floor at the end of the episode to kind of promote what's ever going on in your guys' company, your website, where to find you, the Instagram, maybe announce the pop-up shop. So <laughs> floor is yours. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Lucy Sweepers Vintage. Um, and our website is lucysweepersvintage.com. We've got um, exciting stuff in the pipeline. <laughs> we have a pop-up shop slash event slash music experience coming up at the end of the semester. So stay tuned for more info on that, as well as um, info about our merch. Um, yeah, and just thank you guys for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. You. It's been a time. Thank you. And we're out. <laughs>